Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you? I am in the holiday mood. I am thriving well enough, um, as as well as I can be. Um, But it is like three weeks before Christmas or something, four weeks, I don't know. Um, But it's holiday party week everywhere I am. So I had my first holiday party last night. Um, Noel's dad was throwing his work party. And I was invited and I made a pigs and blanket wreath and some holiday trail mix and some Fallon dip, um, which no one knows what that is because it's named after someone Caitlin saw some memes knows. Um, so it's just a dip. It's delicious. Um, and I got some, I went to Aldi. I got some slippers that say Aldi and they're Christmassy. I love it. And then I have the Women in Music holiday party tomorrow and the AIMP, which is Association of Independent Music Publishers on Thursday. So I'm just like, soups thriving and soups the holiday mood. Which is and, great. Um, and Merry because, Christmas. Yeah, it's I was gonna say, which is great because this episode does come out on Christmas Eve. And I have everyone here a Christmas present at the end of the episode. So stay through the whole way. Oh, boy. Um, How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm also trying to get in the Christmas um, mood. On Friday, we had the um, village Christmas tree lighting in that Dan's mom runs. Um, I think it's adorable. I love it. I also feel very much like it's one of those things where people are trying to force Hallmark to happen where it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they have this cute little village green area and they light a Christmas tree and they have horse carriage rides and real live reindeer and an ice carver. And it's just like a lot. Yeah. And I like came and I rode the carriage and I took some pictures and then I was like, I'm so sorry, but I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> So what you need to do is you need to send all those pictures to Hallmark and be like, come film here. I will star. Hey, yeah. me. it's so much money. Um, I can cast the entire thing for you. I'm no, it's true. I, I know enough people. I got it. Um, but then yesterday was um, the annual kickoff to holiday concert season. So it was Handel's Messiah, um, which is beautiful. Um, the tenor soloist was not. Um, so oh, okay. Was, I thought you were gonna say it was amazing, and I was like, "Was that Dan?" And then you said, it "Was not no. Dan." Not Dan. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dan is no. So they like the the chorus is does its part, but like the soloists tend to be like bigger names from the opera world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how they hired the tenor. Um, the bass soloist is a friend of mine um, and my dad's, and he wasn't supposed to do it this year. He did it last year. He wasn't supposed to do it this year, but there was someone got sick like last minute, mm-hmm. so he pulled in because he's local, um, yeah. and he's fantastic. And the mezzo soloist is a friend of mine who is phenomenal. The soprano soloist is a Buffalo native, but this was her first messiah, and she did beautifully. But the um, the tenor soloist, I... Uh, if you read his bio and you look at all the things you he's done, you're like, oh, wow, this kid's fantastic. He was, like, so, so close to the pitch, but never there. Mm-hmm. 
ever. Are you going to tell us his name? I don't remember it. So oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, I think it was like Nathaniel or something, but I don't remember it at all. It was not good. It narrows it down. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my program is in my car, so I can't even just like peek at it really quick. No idea. Um, but then this coming weekend, um, I have Dan's Christmas the Christmas classical concert with the mm-hmm. Buffalo Philharmonic mm-hmm. or Philharmonic Orchestra, which is a big thing every year. And next weekend is the Christmas Pops. So that's when they do the, like, the more fun, jazzy Christmas stuff. Yeah. Um, but also on Friday, I am working a concert at Shays that I'm really excited about because I am working the Mannheim Steamroller Concerts. Oh, fun! Um, so I've got a bunch. And then we're also, we have a Christmas concert like at school that the kids are going to. And then we are taking them to the Philharmonic this week. And then we're taking them to the Philharmonic next week. So I have five Christmas concerts coming up in the next 13 days. That's so fun um, though. I love it. Yeah. I so it'll any. be so sad. I know. So, sad. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm also, I'm trying to get in the Christmas, but it hasn't really snowed here yet. It snowed like once and it didn't <laughs> stick for long. So it hasn't really snowed and I'm like really stressed out about school this week. So like maybe, maybe by next week I will actually feel like it's Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. We'll I'm see. Awesome. I haven't, I haven't gone to see the like lights or anything. Like I haven't been to Macy's, I haven't been to, they were I just saw a video someone posted about um Sax saying I was like no I haven't seen it yet and so, when, when does when, when was the Rockefeller tree last I think week? it was last week maybe Thursday is it a Thursday mm-hmm. they normally do it I think maybe Friday I think it's Thursdays but yeah it was like it just happened um, but I haven't seen it yet either yeah November 29th oh yeah, it was last Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Man, it was almost a week and you haven't seen it yet? You know so what busy. am I doing? Well, usually what I do is I walk home from work. And today I was like, I need to record before 9 p.m. So I don't want to walk home from work. <laughs> and tomorrow... I have this party that I may or may not go to, but it, it'll be fun if I go to the holiday party. Yeah. And then Wednesday, Wednesday is my day. I'm planning to walk home to see everything and stop at like Bryant Park and do my whole shindig that I do every year. I love it. I was drinking hot chocolate, but then um, I finished it already. So I drank hot chocolate five nights straight after Thanksgiving. And I was like, I need to calm down. So I didn't have, I haven't had any a few days now. <laughs> yeah. I like made a whole big mug and had whipped cream and it was all fancy and everything. And now it is. <sighs> not. Maybe I'll make some for, uh, what are we doing? DNA awards. Stay tuned. Thursday. Yeah. That's Thursday for the last horror thriller Thursday of 2023. Oh my gosh. Deep. We are closing it out guys. I know. Um, but we're also closing out some other things. We are here today to wrap up the Stargate season four. So before we get into that, can you give me a nugget of spiritual enlightenment to get us started? It's a little <clears throat> tough lobby, but it is what it is. Um, you have to make peace with yourself or the battle inside of you will spill over onto all of the things that you love and everything will become war. 
Wow, that is aggressive. Isn't it? It goes really, <laughs> really well with my uh, finding peace in the chaos that I'm trying yeah. to let myself. So, uh, but it's a little aggressive. I understand. <laughs> well, I mean, but then again, like I literally, the first thing I did when I woke up this morning was sent a Snapchat to all of the people oh, yeah. in, on my streaks that just said, I am one word, one wrong word away from a breakdown. So like. Also, you were like, not super enlightening two weeks ago. So. That's true. All of my, a couple of weeks ago, I was like just depressed every time I made a, a quote. Well, positivity. Positivity. Aggressive. Aggressive positivity. <laughs> Aggressive positivity. That's what um, I can offer you. Today. Yeah. So we today are going to talk about Stargate. SG1 season four. Now, if you remember when SG1 first came out in 1997, they originally initially ordered it for two seasons. And then Mm -hmm. before they were even done with the first season, ordered two more seasons. Mm -hmm. So we are now finally at the end of the pre-ordered seasons. Um, Obviously, they made more. They didn't just cancel it. (laughs) Um, um, But this is, uh, this. we're now at the point where the show is um, kind of back to regular season by season idea of renewal instead of like just bulk ordering. Yeah. Um, So, but our season four started in June of 2000. Because that is a correct time to start a TV show. I will never, never understand how this happened. My brain still thinks of... I Part of it is because I work in the entertainment and education industries. Mm -hmm. The two industries in the entire world that do not work on... A twelve, a regular twelve month calendar, like like the theater slash TV industry and the education industry are the only two things in the entire world that work on a August to July calendar instead of a January to December calendar. But because those are the two industries that I work in, my brain is like, that's when the year starts. Why would the show start in June? That's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So it did it did start in June of 2000 and we started with um our first episode was small victories which was the second part of the replicators where we dealt with Russia and the replicators we never saw it again we never saw it again i want you to know you and Doug both hyped up these replicators for me at the end of season 3 and I don't know anything more than I knew last time we spoke about them. That's okay. It's not, though. It's not. I mean, there are still 13 seasons and two movies to go in the Star sure. like you Sure. But you were so hyped up that I was like, I'm going to know so much by the end of season four. And I know 0% more. 0%. Negative. I know negative amount more because I've forgotten stuff I've learned, probably. That's, that's so. totally fine. Um, after the replicators, we moved on to, um, some Nazi aliens. Um, episode two was the other side, which was the episode where they 
went into space and found the people who were asking for help with their war, but then it turns out that they were basically Nazis. Um, My alien Hitler story. Yes, alien <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> um, and that was a one-off. It wasn't really connected to anything, but it was a really well done one-off, in my opinion. It sparked quite a bit of a <laughs> conversation. It did. And then we got to what is the beginning of the bulk arc of season four. Because season three is the episode Upgrades. And Upgrades is the episode where we meet Anise. And um, the Tok'ra bring the weird wristbands that give everyone superhuman abilities. Um, and that is kind of the start of the <clears throat> season four Tok'ra arc, which is the biggest arc for this season. Um, <clears throat> we follow that with um, Crossroads, which is the introduction of uh, Shawnock and Tanith. Right. Um, and we follow that with Divide and Conquer, which is really the actual follow-up to Upgrades, because it is the episode where Martouf dies, and um, everyone has the weird thing in their brain that they're testing to see if they have been inhabited by aliens or not, and we find out that Jack and Sam are, like, in love, but can't be in love. I'm so sad about Martouf still. That episode has all of the things. It has the Jack and Sam forbidden love and Martouf dying. And like, it also follows a arc of three episodes in a row that have the same like topic. And it just, it just, that episode has everything in it. I also <laughs> feel like, like I get that we're in season four of like 75. Yeah. But I feel like Martouf's always going to stick with me, even though in the grand scheme of things, He's not a. I don't. I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I think that that was. He was one of the first. Like I think he and Braytac are the two like mm -hmm. characters that are not part of our people, like our SGC people that have a, a not just storyline but emotional impact on you, and I think it makes sense that those are like the two that that stick the most. Yeah. Um, and then we take a break from a quick break from the um, major Tok'ra arc to go to Doug and my and most of the Stargate viewing population's favorite episode uh, Window of Opportunity is this the one I hated? the one with the time loop Oh no, I don't think I. Oh no, I didn't hate this one. I just you didn't it hate it. You just did not understand why it was the highest rated episode of the entire series yeah. of Stargate. Um, right, 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 right. Okay, yes, yes. And um, I do understand your feelings because, in terms of like plot, it isn't that great. But something magical happened with the dialogue in that episode that just has, like, seared into people's brains. Um, I have something that I want to show you that's really special, but I can't show it to you till we're very far into this. Because someone on Reddit made an ABCs of Stargate, and they, like, had everybody on Reddit vote for their the best line for each letter of the alphabet, and then made a video with all of those lines back to back. 
and I have it saved, but too many of them are things that haven't happened yet or have spoilers in them, so I can't show you. But at least seven of them are from that episode because, like, it just is the best dialogue in the show. Okay, so when we finish in three or four years or seven or whatever, yeah, remind me to go back and just watch this episode. Yeah. And maybe once I've seen it all and I'm on board with everyone else, I'll feel similarly. Okay. That's so that's fair. Mark that down in your brain. I will. Brain change. Um, after we go, after Window of Opportunity, we go back to the Replicator storyline, kind of, um, because we have the episode, season seven, or episode seven, Watergate, which um, is the gate in Russia um, where Mayborn is selling government secrets. Was that the but season? It sure was. Hmm. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, it had to be. It had to be because they don't have the gate because until after the replicators drop it off. That's true. That's true. Yeah. This is um, the one where he gets arrested at the end? No, no, no. This is the one. Well, he does get arrested, but we don't see it. This is the one where he's frozen in Russia right. and they find him in the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, my brain. Keep going. <laughs> then episode eight is the first ones, which is where they go to the um, gold homeworld and they meet uh, the Unas, who um, becomes friends with Daniel. Forgot about that one too. But yeah. Yep. Um, then we, and this is where we're in our weird mid-season, everything kind of stops being connected to each other because we have the Unas episode. Followed by um, episode nine is Scorched Earth, which is the episode with the Encarans where the non-carbon life form like tries to take over the planet and then their interface ends up living with the Encarans. No, does not ring a bell. Um, it was, so they had, they were going, they set these people up on the planet and then there was a giant spaceship that was like, destroying the whole planet with like lightning and then they got taken up by they, those spaceships. And they went into the cave and they had to go get them out of the cave because the rest of the people left and they were like, you have to leave now. Like stop trying to just hide and wait it out. No. Wasn't that wasn't that that was the one where Jack got stuck on the planet in season three for three months. Yeah. No, this is the one remember they go up into the planet and up into the spaceship and the spaceship has the interface that they made. Oh, where Daniel like, keeps like doing everything on his own. Where yes, he's like, where I'm going to go to the spaceship. I'm going to do this. And then yeah, like, Daniel just runs off. By, Daniel just runs off by himself a million times yes. and ends up accidentally saving the day. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I remember this one now. Then we have um, episode 10 beneath the surface where they are um, mind wiped and living in um, like the Hunger Games cave where they're digging coal. And Jack and Sam are once again in love, but they don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have Point of No Return, which is the episode with the cute guy from Adore, like cute as an adorable, not cute as an I want to date him guy from Sex in the City, who plays the um, oh, the conspiracy theory guy who may or may not actually be an alien. 
That was a fun episode. Was yeah. Fun episode. Um, it doesn't matter, I don't think. But it was a fun episode. Yeah. And now we sort, we head back toward more plot-based episodes. Um, we have episode 12 is Tangent, which is the one with the death glider getting kidnapped by Apophis and Jack and Teal'c almost dying on Jupiter. Um, and then we go to The Curse, which is the one where Daniel's professor dies and he goes and oh, yeah. finds that they opened the gold jar and the symbiote is inside of Sarah and then she disappears. Right. Um, which feels less connected than some of the other stuff in this episode, but I mean, we did just release another gold system word out into the world, so... Right, it's still connected, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, then we have the serpent's venom, which is the one where Teal'c arranges to meet um, with more uh, people who are on the resistance, and then it turns out that actually they weren't on the resistance. They were working for Harrower, and they kidnap Teal'c, and... Um, we go through the, and that's the one where we head to the minefield and Harrower and Apophis fight and we destroy Harrower. So season four, we did kill one big bad. Harrower is gone. Bye-bye. Um, next up is Chain Reaction, which is the episode where we find out that um, Senator Kinsey is actually part of the NID and is the one trying to uh, steal information from Stargate, and we release Mayborn to jail, out of jail, and send him back to Jamaica. Yeah, I didn't mind that episode so <laughs> much. It was, no, it's a, it's a good one. Yeah, I hate Kinsey, but it was a good episode. Yeah. Um, next is 2010, which is the weird um, future episode where Sam is married to the ambassador, and then turns out that they made a deal with some weird alien race and now they have to go back in time and save themselves. Yeah. That was too much for me. Not uh, episode 17, um, which is absolute power, which is the episode where the Heresis child shows Daniel what would happen if they tried to actually take on the knowledge of the Gawuld, and he becomes a weird system lord, crazy yeah. person. And Daniel was like, JK, we can never do this. Never. <laughs> um, episode 18 is The Light, which is the one where everyone tries to commit suicide because they went to a Gawuld opium den. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, 19 is Prodigy, which is where we meet the mini Sam cadet and we have the light creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, episode 20 is Entity, which is where the uh, weird um, alien takes over Sam's body because it is actually an alien that's made of just electricity. And then we have Double Jeopardy, which is the re- this two-parter. That is not a two-parter. It's the response to the season one episode, Tin Man, where the aliens 
or the robot versions of SGC go to Juna and everything falls apart, but at least we kill Cronus. So now two big bads gone. And then season or the season finale is Exodus, which is when we try to save the Tokra from their homeworld and accidentally um, bring up office there and may or may not lose Teal'c. We've lost him. Mm-hmm. Do we get him back or not? Right, that's true. <laughs> I meant more of may or may not have lost him as in death because it is right. very, very hard to tell at the end of the episode if he is alive or not. Yeah. Yeah. So with that quick rundown, how what are your overall thoughts on season four? Well, you know, I have had more and less confusion this entire season than I have in any of the others. Okay. There were some episodes that I was like, I don't know what is happening and I can't figure out where this started. (laughs) And (laughs) so those episodes were a little bit harder and and I'm sure it's because we've gotten farther out. So we reference things like from season one. Yeah. I could at least like remember kind of where they were from. It was like, the end of season one or beginning of season two, but now I'm like, I don't know what what you've brought back to me. I don't know what any of this is about or why it matters. I thought it was gone forever. Um, yeah. But then I did have like good like building of the world. Like you said, like we got rid of Kronos, we got rid of uh, Her- Heror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I mean, Apophis is just cockroach that never dies i guess uh we just keep him forever also um not enough break tech. i don't even know if he was even in this season. he was not actually that's one of my trivia yeah. facts that i have coming up that this season as the first one to not feature mm-hmm. break at all well then definitely not enough break so <laughs> that was a problem <laughs> um but otherwise like the stories got better i think even though they weren't even the ones that like weren't really connected or like mm-hmm. whatever, I think they got a little bit more well written. I felt like I did enjoy the plot line a bit more. Um, and generally, by the end of the episode, I could tell why they existed and why we got there, even if it was a one off. Right. <laughs> Again, one or two, but you know, with 22 episodes, something's not going to track for It's true. Everyone. I think it's fair that. Actually, I'm going to go back for a second and look at this list and count how many of them were Toker or Gawuld episodes. Quite a few. One, two. Question is, do we count the light? No. Because I would, I would consider that one more of a one-off. Even though it was connected to the Gawuld in a way, yeah. it was not really. So I one, would two... Three. I will count the one with the paresis, though. Yes. So three, yes. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine that are solidly, and then one or two. So, like, the, the light and the first ones that are, like, tangentially related. So, yeah. like, that's just say if we have the two of them yeah roughly half but 
if we had a modern 10 to 12 episode mm-hmm. show, you cut out all of that filler and you've got 10 solid plot right. episodes. So it's it's kind of a product of its time in a way where there's only so much you can do with how much room you have. Um, but but also I, think like- that, I think that the filler that they had was well-written good like yeah it it was frustrating sometimes because we were like we want to know what's next but it is a it is a serialized show which is like the nature of the show itself like you have to have some of these episodes that are not directly connected i mean it's just like any other sci-fi you're watching it's like you know it's you know what to expect and I think I think these were more well written than we've seen in some of the past seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the only ones I never really got upset that it was I never got as upset <laughs> that it wasn't like distinctly related. Mm-hmm. The only thing that upset me this season was whenever they started something from the middle of nowhere that I could not figure out where it came from because okay. I was so moved. That was my biggest complaint with this season because it was like I mean it was only like two maybe three times, but. Mm-hmm. That was much more frustrating to me than not having direct connection every episode. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I do think that um, Double Jeopardy might be one of the worst placed episodes in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Kronos dying part of it fits where it fits. Right. But bringing back those androids when we literally haven't even mentioned Harlan since season yeah. one. Even even someone whose brain works a little faster at picking those things up than yours. <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah, and like, the other thing is we've had so... I think because with the show, we've had so many drop storylines that like, this thing happened, we're never going to see it again. We've kind of like, I feel like I'm settling into that a bit. And so by right. the end of four, to bring back something that I had just accepted was over. So my brain mm-hmm. was like, I don't need this anymore because it was similarly important as other things that we never bring back again. Yeah. If, if not less important than some things we never bring back again. Correct. And so I think that's why I was like, I don't know why we have this. Like it's, but again, right. yeah. And right. Kronos, that was a great place for him to, you know, die. But interesting because you're right. Um, that's something fascinating to think about is that like sometimes you watch a show and you get angry at everything that gets dropped and disappeared. But because of the format of the show and the age of the show, instead of being angry that things get introduced and then disappear, you just accept that you're never going to see them again. So it's almost a pleasant surprise when they come back, but you can't wait three seasons to do that. Yeah. And you know, like, because we know of how, when the seasons got set up, like, I don't think that they were like, we're bringing back these people for the penultimate episode of season four Absolutely when they not. wrote it for season one. Like that wasn't the plan. Not you know? at all. Those are, it's not even the same writers. Like, right. Yeah. So like, yeah, it just didn't, didn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. Well, I will say um, for this season, um, unfortunately, a lot of times when you have shows that run for a really long time, um, the Metacritic and Rotten Tomato scores become audience only. Critics stop mm-hmm. reviewing it after the first two seasons or so. Yeah. Um, 
so the Metacritic score for the season is only a 7.7, but the Rotten Tomato audience meter is a 91. And Which I think is that, so far, I think so. And I think that that just part of it has to do with how fans feel about this show. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me um, seeing the way people react to the show in general. Like it is just so, so much like the time that I got into a fight with somebody on (laughs) Facebook about it. Um, And like the way people react, if they see that you also have heard of it when you're like at a comic con and you bring it up something like, and the, it, it, people do love this show and it doesn't have the same mainstreamness that Star Trek and Doctor Who have. So there's almost like a, like a protective little niche that people want to put it in. And so I think sometimes audiences um, get a little overprotective of the show and rate things higher than they might actually be because they're like, no, you have to like the show. I love it. Um, And then you have people like um, our Rotten Tomato reviewers. I would, I don't actually think any of these reviews are bad. I will say there is only four reviews for season four on Rotten Tomatoes. And two of them are five-star reviews that just say, everything just got better, continues to enchant, so good. Like nothing negative there. And then there is a two and a three and a half star review that I think... I don't necessarily know that their reviews match the number of stars that they gave, but I do think that there is um, some merit to what their complaints are. Yeah. So these two reviews, one says, while it overall introduces, this is the two star one. While it overall introduces some very interesting concepts, the positive side of the show gets overshadowed by the continuous ineptitude of the um, continuous ineptitude portrayed of of the portrayed soldiers and scientists to grasp simple security concepts like checking for remaining threats after a security breach. The characters clearly lose and gain intelligence depending on whether it's needed for the plot. I do 100% agree with what they said, (laughs) but I don't because of the insane number of spelling errors that were in that. Mm -hmm. I read it how it was intended, not what it said um because lose does not have two o's in it does not no that is correct so also like i don't know that i agree that that makes it like this insanely low no i don't that's why i said i I agree with their complaint i don't think it makes it a two star i don't i don't think it makes it a two star rating because i don't think it i think it is frustrating when they suddenly gain and lose the ability to do things that we have seen them do before um but I don't necessarily think that um, it it is oh it overshadows um, the um, the plot. <clears throat> yeah, I 
And I think there. that's kind of another thing that we've kind of accepted. Yeah. Um, and I, I understand that that's a less, I guess, acceptable sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it does make for, you know, maybe some plot holes or for like, you know, um, like not not a great continuation. Like, you know, she mm -hmm. knows all these things about black holes that may not, may not know something else similarly suited for space if you're looking at Sam. And so, like, I could see it in that sense, but I don't think at this point it's done that. I don't think at this point it's really um, caused yeah. plot <laughs> holes. It's just been like, eh, maybe you should have known that. But if you didn't, it's like also like, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, the other review, this one was three and a half stars. But it says, th seasons one to three inclusive are impressive. It's a typical Canadian sci-fi, well-produced, decent stories, good performances. Most episodes have an intriguing and well-executed sci-fi or a philosophical premise, and some have a more emotional slant, but without ever becoming downright moist. I don't like that phrasing, but... I <clears throat> want to punch them in the face. Correct. Um, by season four, though, things have become a little ragged. Richard Dean Anderson's wisecracks start to grate a little. Some of the story writing becomes lazy, not all, and the cast periodically seems to be phoning it in. Nevertheless, it is still watchable that some decades after it was made, I'm hoping it picks up again for season five. See, and I kind of felt the opposite. Like, I, I do think sometimes they overplay Jack's quips. Yes. Um, but, like, story-wise, I feel like we're getting better at storylines as opposed to I, I happen to agree with you. I also realized that I didn't check in to see if our friend who wrote um, the blogs that we Firewater Ice? For, what is his name? I don't even remember. Firestorm? I just start yeah. saying insane names. Will it maybe pop up? Right. Firewater? I, I've looked up, like, Firewater Stargate blog, and I Fire can't Starter? It. Was it Firestarter? Oh, maybe. You know what? I'm going to go to our page and find the last episode that I linked the blog in. That's where nice. I'm going to see, see go. if, if it exists. Um, but, so, so, as you were saying that you thought it was, the stories got better. Mm -hmm. um, we also in this season got new writers and not like we had some of the same writers before as before yeah. as well but we got um joseph Malozzi and paul molly came in as kind of our new main writers how did you feel about them well, I do not recall what episodes they wrote off of the top of my head, but I think I liked them because um, <laughs> I liked more of the season than I did some of the others in the storyline. Okay. And I tried to like, when I think about the storyline of the season, I kind of try to compare it back to similar episodes in past seasons. So okay. like, if you look at like 2010 versus 1969, um, 2010's a better episode. I don't, I didn't love the episode, but writing-wise, plot-wise, and kind of continuity, I know there was continuity and they went back to, yeah. that, you know, Hammond or whatever in 69, but it just, it felt more well done 
um, did something like that episode. Okay. And then I look at something like the fairy lights episode, which is again, not one of my like super favorites, but if you compare that to say the like weird white snowball episode, maybe like those kind of have similar places in my brain. And I would say fairy lights was a bit better done. Like, you know, I could tell you the plot of it, whereas I can't tell you the plot of the snowball guys. And so it's stuff like that, where I kind of like try to look back at what we've done that's similar. And I feel like even the episodes that I didn't necessarily like or didn't care for as much this season were still done better than their counterparts from past seasons. Okay. Um, If that makes sense. Well, we have gone faster than him. (gasps) When did he last post? The last, well, the last Stargate post that he had was of season three. I did find it. And it was Firewater site. We were right. I just didn't have it typed correctly. His most recent post on his blog at all was December 1st. Like, he's still writing. Uh He's just writing other things. Like, right now he's working on something that he's writing himself, like a book that he's writing, Mm -hmm. which is great. Um, But unfortunately, maybe we should and say, please move faster with your Stargate Um, watching. Because I would like to talk to you about it. I mean, but he just like writes like cute blogs. Like he's got um, he does like all kinds of things, like book reviews, TV reviews. Oh, sorry, he uh, has one of Leverage season one. I fucking love Leverage. Sorry, I didn't see it. Oh, so good. Anyway. We don't know this guy, for those of you who don't remember. No. Just, like, Mary-Kate found him, and we just loved him. Yeah, no, I have no idea what this man's actual even name is. I just like his blog. Firewater. And, uh, yeah. Born, born and bred Firewater. Yes. Um. So Firewater is, uh, he did not review season four yet, so I do not have that review, unfortunately. And those measly reviews I just read on Rotten Tomatoes are all the other reviews that I have. Oh, um, people really need to get it together. People do need to get it together. Um, I could always check if Common Sense Media has anything because those are entertaining um, mm-hmm. but not informative or helpful. Just entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but about IMDb. <laughs> right. Um, I think Common Sense Media doesn't do by season, just by the show as a whole, um, (sighs) which is not helpful. But so, well, since I don't have any other reviews, um, do you have anything else to add to your review of the season? Um, I think I did a pretty good summary in my brain. Um, I think yeah, you did too. That's it. Um, okay. That's it for me for a review. Um, I do have um, um, some trivia stuff. Um, oh, trivia. Just, just some random bits and pieces. Um, in the scene of Divide and Conquer that flashes back to the events of Upgrade where Carter and O'Neill are trapped on the opposite sides of the force field, there were actually lines written for Jack and Sam to say to each other, but the actors chose not to say them. And they like 
decided that it was more powerful if you didn't actually hear them say anything. Yeah. Sometimes that's just even words. I yeah, I happen to think that that was a very good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, in Watergate, which we talked about was the uh, Russia episode, the thing that they used to make Mayborn look frozen was actually like a melted toxic wax that um, Tom McBeath couldn't breathe in without like risking his health at all, and. Um, when he's laying there to get unfrozen, staring up at the red light, it did actually take like hours for that to happen for him to un unmelt. And while staring at the red light, um, his eyes started to hurt. And they thought that like he had gotten some wax into his eyes. But actually what happened was that he had accidentally fried his corneas from staring at the red light for too long. And it took like months Jesus. for him to be able to see correctly. <laughs> Oh my god, that's like what was it? They used like lead paint on people for Wizard of Oz. Is that what was it? Yeah, it yeah, like, yep, yeah. that's it. Um, the the episode where um um. Oh, and at the end of that episode, when um, O'Neill proposed that the two races had just exchanged hostages, um, that there was supposed to be more and another ending built onto it that they then got rid of, which is why that episode feels like it just ends out of nowhere. There was a whole so Watergate when they like oh oh same episode they, okay the same I, episode I so like they have that moment where they're like oh we just exchanged hostages because they like sent the water back yeah. they had like a whole other ending written and then just <laughs> just chucked it out the window but didn't really fix this ending and that's why O'Neill's like we just exchanged hostages and then boom end and that's why I was like yes Mayborn gets arrested but we never see it because like they just like fucking right, chopped right. the ending of that episode yeah. oh. goodness gracious yeah. Um, in Beneath the Surface, which was um, the mind wipe one, Vera mm-hmm. and Jonah, which was Sam and Jack's characters, were supposed to kiss before they got their memories back. But they didn't because Jack and Sam already kissed in Window of Opportunity and they were trying to not lay it on too heavy. Yeah. You got to leave, leave them wanting more. Right. And I do think yeah. that... The whole Jack and Sam of season four <laughs> is something that I could spend an hour and a half talking about, but because they can't progress the relationship, <laughs> they have to be very careful about how much of it they do. And so like, there are like, obviously hints and glances and looks and feelings, but like they only have like three or four moments that it's like very obvious in the season. And I think any more than that would have been. Well, if you're going to put a will they won't they in a sci-fi show, you have like a thousand episodes, like you got to drag it out. It's, there's no yes. other way to do it. I mean, I think a will they won't they in a sci-fi episode or a sci-fi show has to be dragged out any bit anyway. But a will they, won't they in a sci-fi show where the answer is automatically they won't because they both care about their military rank right. too much. What is even the point? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you no. can't be too heavy-handed when the entire audience knows the answer is no. Right. Yeah. Um, much. The episode Chain Reaction, which was the episode where Mayborn helps Jack um, 
Yeah, Kinsey. I actually really enjoyed that one. <laughs> it, well, and I know, I can tell you why you enjoyed it. Because it's basically the plot to Silence of the Lambs. That's why. That makes sense. And in fact, it was intentional. Um, that's why uh, Mayborn specifically asks for a quid pro quo and why they showed him calling from a beach at the end of the episode. Because oh it's basically, goodness. he is the Hannibal Lecter to Jack's Clarice. Oh, that is amazing. I love it. I love um, it. Um, then we have the, uh, episode of Double Jeopardy is the only episode Michael Shanks ever directs. Um, we talked about that. Ion. it is a sequel to season one, which is dumb. Um, Small Victories, which was the very first episode, was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Visual Effects for a series. Um... And then there were some other things that were nominated for Gemini Awards and Leo Awards. Um, but the... Better effects, though, other than Small Victory. And Exodus, the final, was also nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Visual Effects. Um, but they are nominated in different seasons, like years yeah, of Emmys, years, even though it's yeah. one season. It's one season of TV, but because of the stupid-ass way the show is set up, they were nominated in different years for the Emmys. Um, but so the opener and the closer were the two that were nominated for Emmys. That makes sense. I mean, I think it does. I think the replicators, while they seem cheesy and horrible now, um, in 2000, that was a very different world of special effects. Well, no, it's good. I just felt like they've like had other better in the show. In the show. Yeah. yeah. I, that's, let me see the 2000, also, Emmy awards for special effects. I just want to see what else was nominated that year. Outstanding special visual effects for a series in 2001. We have, oh no, they were nominated the same year. So the five things that were nominated in 2001 for this were those two episodes of Stargate two episodes of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of Dark Angel, um, which is Dark Angel. Is that one of the ones with Eliza Dushku? No, with Jessica Alba. It's just, it's the Jessica Alba ones. Um, with Michael. No, um, one of the Star Trek episodes one, um, which I guess makes sense because it's Star Trek. Um, but it doesn't tell me which episode. It just says Star Trek. Yeah, I don't Voyager. know. I felt like the visuals Voyager. were good in like the Heresis episode. Like I don't know. I just felt like there were better visuals in Stargate. Other than yeah, one. maybe X. I mean, Exodus was great, so maybe that one was good. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad anything's nominated always. But yeah, that's it. Is um. Yeah, it's nice for it to be nominated. Um, it this is not the first time um, it has Emmy nominations. Um, it was nominated in 1998, but I don't know the the Emmy website doesn't tell me what <laughs> episode. Um, and it was nominated in 2000. So it had been nominated for visual effects twice before, and it did, and it was nominated um, in 1998 for the score 
like when it first mm-hmm. came out for the the, the theme song yeah. and the score, which I think it should have won, but also I don't know what it was up against. Yeah. Outstanding music composition for a series. Oh, well, that's why I lost. It was up against um, The Simpsons, The X-Files, Roar, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did Buffy um, win? Yeah. Yeah. I opened the page and goes, that's, I opened the page and literally went, well, that's why it lost. Like, yeah, I get it. Um, I happen to think that Stargate has some of the best music of all time ever. Um, in fact, multiple of the alarms on my phone are Stargate music, but it's fine. Um, I love Joel Coltsmith, but Buffy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I don't really have anything else. I was telling Courtney that, um, I really wanted to like have all kinds of fun things to share with you guys about behind the scenes things, but I a did not have enough time to listen to the DVD commentaries for every episode. That's just <laughs> insane. Um, and B pre two thousand one, the internet was a very different world than it is right now. Um, for those of you who are old enough to remember that, like and uh, <laughs> and um, like on Gate World, which is like a, a huge Stargate like website they have an archive of every interview like ever from the show and the earliest ones are all from 2002 like I have no information pre-2002 the only interview I found that I got any trivia from was the interview with Tom McKeith about the um all the Mayborn details but that interview wasn't even given at the time of this it was given much later when he was talking about playing a bad guy in multiple different tv shows and just like gave information about some of his best moments in stargate like (laughs) it wasn't even an interview about this season (laughs) so i also have have one more question Um, that's fine i was gonna throw it to questions and predictions next so please ask questions question (laughs) um so they renewed two seasons they did two seasons renewed two seasons immediately at the point of the finale had they already renewed for season five i believe so um i don't know for sure um but based on the fact that they made this uh two-part like a cliffhanger and the exodus is a cliffhanger and the way that they did things and the way budgets were back then they did not film exodus and the second half of it entirely separately so they must have been that's the detail i was specifically looking for i obviously know that they were renewed for season five i was specifically looking for when they were picked up for season five um i can't find that information anywhere if someone knows where to find that information please send it to me because i spent way too long yesterday looking for it um but based on the way that the seasons were and slight spoiler the way that there are not a lot of cliffhanger finales anymore after this Mm -hmm. um like season four is the last time until way later in the show that they have a cliffhanger at the end of a season my assumption is that they were guaranteed a season five by the time that they filmed that that makes Um, sense that's what i expected because like bold move on their part because they were all up in the air i feel like in the beginning like whenever like they were they were guaranteed all at one time basically yeah and then it was like who knows, season by season, I was like, I would not be taking that chance if I was them at that point. Um, and Which is, and when, we will talk a lot more about that when we do our season five wrap up because mm-hmm. things change. Gotcha. Um, 
I won't, I won't go into the details yet, but there is a big change post season five um, in terms of production and not necessarily in terms of actors or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so sh there's some shakeups coming, but it would have been, it would have been very bold to end season four like that if they had not already right? confirmed all season five. Um, and it must have been a weird thing to go from knowing the future of your show four seasons ahead of time to now we have to write for just a season. Um, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what that does to the storyline of season five. True, because I wonder if it'll be less filler because they're trying to, at this point, when they're doing two seasons at a time, they're trying to expand over those two seasons to make sure they don't yeah. run out of story or whatever that, that tracks. Yeah. They want to make that happen. I mean, because by the time they were halfway through season one, they knew that they had three more seasons to yeah. write with. And now we're working at a, okay, that's great. You've got 22 more episodes. What are you going to do next? So, so I wonder be... if it's going to go like in the sense of how it makes it maybe even more, um, I'm sorry, I'm cold. I'm turning on my heater. Um, I wonder if it's going to make it more of like Doctor Who, like in that sense it is. I mean, we talk about one-off episodes and whatnot, but if it's more, if it feels more intentional when it's only one season at a time, um, because I feel like I understand it's intentional. I understand they wrote it and they knew where they placed it. But it doesn't yeah. feel that way when you're watching it. Because you're like, this doesn't really make sense here all the time. This doesn't make sense here. And like, mm -hmm. I think if they didn't know, another thing, I think if they didn't know that this that they were getting a season five, Double Jeopardy would not have happened. I think that they would have been too nervous to put something closing up a storyline from season one as opposed to trying to close up something else from season oh, four. Right. They probably and could have done a two-parter um, finale like, finale rather yeah. than a finale and a, and a um, bring back. Um, right. So I think it, I, I feel like it like just feeling wise, it kind of has to be. Uh, I, agree. They, they I agree. Already. Um, so questions. Um I think if I have questions I'll say predictions and then let you know if I have a question in the middle of it okay <laughs> so give me, give me what you got uh Bray Tech has to come back I will riot so I I would expect to see him next season it's I I don't think it's spoilery to tell you that he he will I, this has nothing to do with the plot but I feel yes. like it would be bad writing if he didn't come back in season five like that would have been yeah no Bray Tech will be back yeah who is he Sharae um, but <laughs> I, so Braytac, I uh, I mentioned this at the end of the episode for her, the Heresis, but like I just that story like really bothers me, and I wish they would do more with it instead of leave it at like we built it up so high. And I think you said they weren't going to really, but I'm just annoyed about it. So that's a feeling, I guess, as opposed to a prediction. <laughs> um. I think I'm trying to think of like the new people we saw this season. I don't think we're going to really see the newer people again. I, like I don't, we're not going to see like the Unas. I don't think we're going to see like the Incarn. Um, I assume we'll see more with the Tokra, but I wonder if they're going to dial back the Tokra a bit because yeah. we did see a lot of them this season. So I wonder if they're going to switch over to maybe like including some more like Jaffa or like you know, maybe somebody else bring back like like Thor. Then I don't know if the Nox really come back a lot, but like do more Thousand Guardians. Like kind of do like a refocus yeah. on some of the people we talked about before that we're not at all focused on in this season. Um, just just because they did talk about the Toker so much. Um, I think 
maybe next season we kill Apophis. I know I said the exact opposite like 20 minutes ago, but like maybe this is the season we get rid of Apophis and we learn about, you know, the replicators being a bigger bad or we get this like ancient, the one from, what was the episode where the, where the ancient one was like released? With the dig and everything. All Daniel's professor died, that one. Oh, 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 oh. Um, that was not an ancient. That was another girl, Wold. But wasn't it like one of the big ones? It was Osiris. Yeah. So maybe we'll like Osiris. get a check in with Osiris. Like maybe yeah. he's a bigger one. Um, do we have any? What other system lords are alive as of now? Um, I feel like we've only, gotten rid of a few of them. We have gotten rid of a bunch of them. I think, obviously, there's tons and tons of system lords that are unnamed right. that we haven't talked about we've yet. Right. And, like, we've seen that it doesn't just span Greek mythology. It also mm-hmm. spans other mythology, or not Greek, Egyptian, but it yeah. also spans Greek and Roman and, weirdly, some Japanese mythology, too, and, and Indian mythologies. So, who knows? But, like, from what we've seen so far, is it just... The ones that we know so far, Apophis and Osiris, I think are the only ones. We killed Heror, we killed Hathor, we killed Seth, we killed Kronos, we killed Sokar. Yeah, so it's just... Yeah. It's just those two left right now. What was the, uh... Was it Sokar that was the system lord that was, like, they said was, like, a female one, or, like, a woman that we met, like, a thousand years ago? Is that like season one? No, that was Heror. Heror, oh, Heror okay, okay. was started as a woman and then they changed their mind before they actually ever had it in the show. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I couldn't remember. I was like, I remember there was one more, but I couldn't remember if it was one we had already gotten to. Yes. Um, yeah, so I mean, they're going to have to introduce someone new or they're going to have to like really lean into the Osiris character because we've gotten yeah. rid of everyone else and we've, yeah. you know, got rid of two this season so like it's it would be unfortunate to ramp down after ramping up right i mean or there's always the possibility i mean we talked about the replicators this season and um thor said something about how like in this that other galaxy like the Mm the um the golds aren't the biggest threat the replicators are right so i think what that also does is open the door to the idea of other villains because yeah. like we have had other aliens and everything and some of them have been good some of them have been bad but for the first four seasons the only real threats have been the gold, the gold. Yeah. and so i wonder and i'm wondering in postulation just for the podcast not because yeah. i don't know the answers to these questions but i wonder what that means or when or how we could potentially see the gold stop being the big bad because on the one hand it does work to have a consistent villain especially a villain that is so changeable like maybe okay we've killed a bunch of system lords there we're a little tired apophis feels like he's never gonna die um but around when you kill one system lord there's always another one around the corner because the ghoul themselves are so widespread and such a big issue and while that is nice when does that become tired right yeah and i definitely think i definitely think they have to address something 
more than the goal, whether it's going back to the replicators or introducing something new. Like it has to, it's just going to have to based on the nature. Yeah. Like we've had, you know, four seasons of this and only one other bad guy that we don't know anything about. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know, maybe in, unless like, I mean, even if they do play into the Osiris, like maybe he's like the biggest of bads. I don't know. And that's why they were like locked away. But even so, I think they'd still have to introduce something else because I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it would get tired just focusing goals. Yeah. Uh, or maybe plot twist. We have a, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A traitor. Like, like a whole series traitor. Like maybe, I don't think it's the Asgardians. They're too good. But like, what if the, like the Nox came back and were bad? I don't think it'd be the Nox either. But like, what if, <laughs> what if a series we've met, like a, a type of a species we've met before that was someone that maybe either we worked with or that seemed good ended up actually being a bad as well or something. I don't know. I, I don't think. What would better. be. <laughs> Just conjecturing. What would be your least favorite species to come back? Like from ever? Mm-hmm. Um. Because I have a solid answer. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, my <laughs> solid answer would be the weird white people who are allergic to sound. Yeah, I don't even like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And so they can't, they can't. They can't, they they did, can't come back because they don't make sense. Right. If they came back, I would have to quit the show. It would be the end for me, I think. <laughs> I would have to call Brad Wright at Martin Wood and be like, look, here's the thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is as odd as it seems for a season wrap up. Really all I have because um, sometimes that's just the way things work out. Um, next season, I can't, or next season we will start our first episode will be this one that is going to come out on New Year's Eve. On the very last day of 2023, we'll start season five. Um, But I will also say that we had one thing I was going to say. Oh, I'm not really going to go too much into like a teaser for how season five starts because we kind of already have that since season four ended on a cliffhanger. So season five will pick up with the second part, the cliffhanger episode. Um, But now Courtney... Looks like she's gonna explode. You see my she, nervous face? <laughs> yeah, she's like for real. She looks like she's gonna explode if she doesn't get to the part of the, the podcast for her Christmas present to all of us. I really so. hope I can make it through. I'm I'm nervous. Okay, I really need something for you. Okay, <laughs> it makes me nervous. So just don't look at me. Um, okay. <laughs> it's Christmas, so Merry Christmas. Was the night before Christmas with our cookies and milk. Not a creature was stirring, not even a toke. The stargate was locked underground with care in the hopes that Apophis would never go there. SG-1 were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of marriage cakes danced in their heads. Jack at his lake and Sam in the lab had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When hark, what is that but a sound from the iris? SG is all giddy like Daniel with papyrus. Beamed from their beds with the strongest of lights, who but Thor shall appear to brighten their night. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow brought our alien friend wrapped up in a bow. He wasn't alone, so who do we see? The Nox and the Tokra to form our top three. 
With Thor at the helm, so lively and quick, I knew no way could this be St. Nick. They brought out bells and presents for all. Even Hammond of Texas was having a ball. No Gaul, no Jaffa, and no Apophis in sight. This truly may be the most peaceful night. They spoke not a word as they popped the wine. With all the festivities, they were sure to unwind. They laughed and they cried as they regaled the year. They were all glad. Um, even Braytock took time to be here. They spoke of letters they promised to send, but all, but all good things must come to an end. I heard Thor exclaim before he beamed out of sight, Merry Christmas to all and to all. A good night. That is so good. Thank you. I almost cried in the middle because it made me nervous. But oh my gosh, I love it. Thanks. I worked really hard. <laughs> this is the most like the most time it's ever taken me to prepare for an episode ever. I'm like scratch. I love how you were like. I, I love how you were like. I didn't prepare anything for this episode. They just wrote a whole new song. It's fine. It's fine. Also, there are like a lot of verses in Twas the Night Before Christmas. I only did like half of it. Correct. Yeah, no. I mean, and so I was like, oh, I'll just do the whole thing. And I'll just like throw in some Christmas stuff. And then I was like, absolutely not. This is taking me 17 hours already. It's just like the Star Spangled Banner that is already the longest song for no reason. And then it has 17 more verses. Yeah. It never and they happens. just get weirder. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, that is our Christmas Stargate. I hope you're all listening to this as it comes out. So you are snugging, snuggling into your beds. Ready for, for Christmas morning. I hope Thor comes to visit you. Me too. Well, with that Christmas joy, we hope you all have the best holidays. We will see you on New Year's Eve for our night, our last episode of the year. But before that, we will be doing our DNA awards for The Exorcist um, on Thursday, which will be the end of a weird, weird era. It will but, be. Uh, but yeah, so um, if you want to tell me where to find um, information about season renewals or uh, compliment Courtney's beautiful Christmas poem, um, please email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. Um, you can email, you can, don't email me. That's weird. Um, um, you can find me on all of the social, you can find the podcast on all the social media. That's the one that comes next. I don't know how to sign off of this podcast. I've only been doing it for almost 300 episodes. Um, you can follow the podcast at deathandaliens at gmail.com. No, just at deathandaliens. <laughs> what is wrong with me? So okay, <laughs> email me. Email the podcast at deathandaliens at gmail.com. Follow us on the social medias at deathandaliens. Follow <laughs> me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can find me at cecloud13. And we are going to see you later before we lose our absolute minds. Goodbye. Bye. Oh my god.